Hello, and welcome to Nevermind the Gap. This is our 14th episode. We're very excited that you are all here. Nevermind the Gap is a podcast that explores the space between where we are and where we would want to be. I am your co-host, Karma Kadir, a healthcare and academic medicine executive and leadership consultant and coach. And I'm Lindsay Hanari, an executive coach and talent development consultant. And today's episode is the gender balance gap. What do we mean by that? Well, the goal of this episode um, for what we would like you, the listener, to walk away with is that on a professional level, there are gaps in the workplace that still exist in 2023, um, such as workplace structures, as well as societal expectations and norms. And then on the personal side, both women and men need to really understand the costs and benefits of who handles what. Um, not only the expectations that women put on themselves to achieve, but how we view childcare and careers and a wonderful concept that Carmen has introduced called a growth partner. Yeah. So thank you for your, um, for that introduction. I mean, I, I think there's two sides to think to this, like you said, there's the professional side that we're definitely going to dive into. And then the personal side as well you know, how do things operate in your own home space that can help you to become successful and to thrive in the workplace? And I know that uh, you wanted to share a little bit about um, some work that you found, Lindy. Sure. Sure. So Scott Galloway, in his column and podcast, No Mercy, No Malice, you know, women are entering the workforce at the same rate as men and getting similar pay. I think it's the pay gap when women start is, you know, less than 10% difference. Um, but the disparity occurs when women have children. And there's a real parent penalty. Um, not only is it the foregone wages, but it's also the career growth. Um, women usually can't work the same hours, usually at a time when key tasks are required to move ahead. You've got that financial and level penalty from being out of the workforce. And then in promotion uh, decisions, we make assumptions for women, um, especially those who are parents, versus asking them, hey, would you like this new challenging assignment? And then structurally, you know, early child care eats up about a third of a working family's budget. And yes, we have family leave now, finally, in this country, but the U.S. is only one of six countries that doesn't offer paid family leave on a national level. And guess who's part of that six countries? The Marshall <laughs> Islands, Micronesia, Nauru, Palau, Papua New Guinea, and Tonga. So structurally, there are some really interesting things going on. Yes, definitely. I like the part where you said we make assumptions for women versus asking them. Um, in this Harvard Business Review publication that came out in June of 2021, it actually highlights you know, perceptions of barriers for work and women. And so there was this global multi-industry survey of female executives that found broad agreement that women actually face biases um, and discriminatory practices in key areas of talent management. And they were asked, how much are women disadvantaged in organizational processes? And I know you and I work very closely with organizations. And so when it came down to attracting candidates, 31% of them found that they 
you know, did find themselves in a disadvantage. For hiring employees, that was at a high percentage of 48%. For developing employees, you know, 36% of them. And then for managing compensation and and promotion, 71% of women found a great deal of disadvantage in that particular piece of the organizational process, which I think is really, really telling. Um, so the final question was, do companies in your field or industry do enough to engage and retain women employees? And almost two thirds, really close to 70% said no. And 19% said yes. And of course, there's that other category of not sure that that was indicated at 12%. But you know, retention, when we talk about retention in the workplace, um, it's, it's, I find that at least in healthcare, which is a very unique place, um, retention can be an issue in general, especially now a little bit in this post COVID era, but the question around, are we doing enough to engage and retain women, talent employees? You know, I, I believe that that probably would be at a high percentage of no. Yeah, and it, it goes to also that, you know, going back to when it's compensation and promotion, you know, 70% feel that they're disadvantaged, it, it really does tie into that family caregiving responsibilities because mm-hmm. it brings different pressures. And caregiving isn't just for children. It could also be for aging parents, right? Right. And research has shown that being a mother can reduce women's earnings while fatherhood increases men's earnings. And mm-hmm. now I'm going back to the troglodyte times, but you know, back in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, it was, well, the man needs the promotion because he's the primary breadwinner. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just crazy. Right. That's correct. And, um, you know, the family caregiver responsibility is bringing different pressures for working men and women. This was actually a research that was found by the Pew Research Center, and they used some of the U.S. Census Bureau data to actually look into this to see that being a mother can reduce a woman's earning while fatherhood could increase the men's earning. But what's very interesting is that you know, this um, sort of research that was published by the Pew Research Center was published just a couple of months ago in March of this year. So um, it just shows you that not a lot has changed in terms of what's happening, I guess, at organizations. And um, you brought up 50s, 60s, and 70s. Well, you know, decades have passed and we continue to face, I guess, some of these challenges. But I want to tap a little bit into, you know, the personal side that we brought up at the beginning of the episode, because I think that um, this can help. This could be a potential solution. And it's the fact that, you know, in our environment, in the works, in the home space, everything is very fluid. We have different seasons of being busy with the kids at home and being very busy or not busy in the workspace um, in our career. So, we need to sort of have uh, very good communication with our partners and say, hey, you know, I'm entering a quarter in the office where I'm just going to be very busy. I'm probably going to be working, you know, a good 10 to 12 hours a day. And so there's special projects and assignments I've been I, I've been tasked. And, and so my time is going to be very limited at home. And so being able to sort of pivot roles and have that partner maybe say, okay, I hear you. And so what we can do is, you know, I will try to take on as much as the responsibility 
um, and, and, and do that to offload the volume and the pressure that you're feeling because clearly you have to perform and be successful in, in your workspace. And so I labeled that as a growth partner because both partners are growing. You know, there's professional growth periods that we all go through. Um, and I think that again, it's, it's, it's not, uh, static. It's, it's very fluid. There's moments of growth in, in our different, in our careers in different, you know, segments of our lives. And I think that it's important to have good communication around it so that there is that understanding that one parent can take on, uh, more of the responsibility than the other parent. And if in fact, neither of them can, then maybe identifying that resource or that person that can help assist with that. But having that growth partnership is extremely important so that you don't feel that pressure at home and you are able to be focused, present, and thrive in your career, in your role. And I, I'd like to state that you know the growth partner is gender neutral and the frontline parent can be gender neutral. At the same time, culturally, we still feel pressure as women, usually to fill that frontline parent role. So yes, I may get great support from my partner, um, maybe after work or in the evenings or what have you, but when a child is sick or, you know, and someone needs to pick them up from school or, Mm -hmm. you know, doctor's appointments, that type of management, it does tend to be the woman. And Mm -hmm. I think that tendency, and I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but that tendency tends to spill over into the perception of women in the workforce. Again, you know, once, once both sexes become parents, um, it usually leads to an increase for men and it has a financial penalty for women. And that, again, plays back into those structural, who are we going to promote? Oh, mm-hmm. let's make assumptions about, you know, women versus men. It's, I, I think we're getting a lot better at it, but I, I recall uh, Kara Swisher. She's a former report journalist for the Wall Street Journal, New York Times. She has a podcast now. And she recalls, you know, in promotion decisions, assumptions being made, well, she's got two kids, so we're gonna not going to ask her. And she's like, ask her, don't assume, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. ask. And right. if you look at studies on working mothers, you know, two thirds feel a pressure to focus on responsibilities at home. And if you look at employed U.S. adults, if you look between men and women, focus on the responsibilities at home, 35% of men said yes, and women were at 48%. Um, I think that what's nice is it's changing because among employed U.S. parents, not just U.S. adults, the percent who say they feel a great deal of pressure to focus their more of the responsibilities at home, for men, it goes from 35% to 45%. So there's a nice mm-hmm. shift there. But also with women, it goes from 48% to 67%. Um, and when you look at supporting their family financially, 
it actually stays the same for men, whether or not they're parents. Um, and it actually increases slightly for women. So I think there are shifts coming. Um, but it does start, as you said, at the very personal, you know, in the home, what type of support mm-hmm. do you have in this um, ongoing conversation? I don't want to call it a negotiation um, because that takes the personal out of it. Or maybe it should be a negotiation. I don't know. But an mm-hmm. ongoing conversation and the the ability or comfort of one or the other to bring up hey, we knew this quarter was going to be very busy for you and I'm going to step up in this particular area. Hey, it's been three quarters now. When is it going to be my turn? Mm -hmm. I mean, I I will say, you know, especially on a personal level, that has worked really well for my husband and I. I think that because we both have a very good understanding of what it's like to be in healthcare, um, we've been able to sort of... uh, pivot back and forth, bounce off each other, right? If that, that's really the best way to, to put it is bounce off off each other. His hours are way more demanding than my hours. So obviously, you know, I have played more of the dominant role to your point of the doctor's visits and um, when is their wellness annual exam and <laughs> all that stuff that you have to do um, more than him. But I, I do know that um, for us, what has worked has been being able to communicate that to say, I'm really going into a very stressful, um, very busy quarter. And so I, I probably won't be around as, as much. I may not be getting home on time. I can see myself probably being home a couple hours past dinner. So I just want to give you that type of awareness so that, you know, we, we can pivot where we need to in terms of me needing to pick up or him or having someone else assist us with it. So having this communication establishes that growth partnership. That's really where it is. If you have very transparent communication with your spouse or your partner, and there's clarity around the, the urgency of what you're trying to you know, display to them, I'm really going to be busy. I'm not going to be available. I really need you to help me with this. Um, that is what creates a growth partnership. And I, I think that that's key versus, you know, people in the couples in the home, just trying to sort of wing it. Um, and it becomes more stressful when you do that, when you actually have not really communicated the changes that you're experiencing in the workplace and you're just kind of winging it day to day. Right. And so, you know, you've spoken about what we can do in our personal lives. And by the way, none of this of what we're talking about is, you know, pro one way or the other. We're just trying to meet people where they are. Um, What is it that can be done maybe at a systemic or structural level? Yeah, that's a very good question. The World Economic Forum that met in March of 2022 actually identified a couple of solutions around this topic. And the first thing they said was understanding the problem, but for both men and women, systemic and structural issues. Because on the flip side, when you think about it, right, you have the male executive at the top of an organization, um, and they're expected to also work 12 to 15 hours a day. You know, that expectation is unrealistic, but they have unrealistic expectations as well. So 
you know, again, there's some issues as well, structurally and systemically that they, they, that they deal with. And so understanding the problem for both men and women, I think is crucial. Um, investing in policies, do we have, and, and if you are an executive listening in, do you have policies in place that you're actually investing into the well-being, the overall well-being of both men and women in the workspace? So one thing that comes to mind is reviewing paternity leave policies. You know, women on average are given about anywhere from I would say, excuse me, 60 to 90 days for maternity leave. And men may not need 60 to 90 days, but they may want, there's a difference between the need and the the desire, the want. They may want to also be a part of those initial stages of their newborn and to bond and have that growth uh, development with their baby as well. So they may want to take maybe one or two weeks or even up to a month off to spend that time with their with their newborn. So are we really investing in policies that allows both men and women to feel like it's a safe space for them where we're tapping into their overall wellness in the home? Um, And so that's very important. I think, you know, having more female role models, which was also stated at the World Economic Forum is really important. I can think in my own professional life as three individuals that really created um, opportunities for me and were excellent role models. And, you know, I'm, I'm still very much in touch with them. They lead organizations, they're in high positions, but I wonder what it would have been like if I would have had a female role model that would have shown me a little bit of that work-life alignment that we all desperately are seeking. Um, and especially women, you know, how do you pivot between the work and the home life? and seamlessly see someone do that um, and successfully do it day in and day out. I think it would have been very interesting to have just seen that uh, from a female role model. Yeah. And it it goes back to, I, I don't really feel like I saw any Mm -hmm. female role models to make it worth it for me to continue, you know, what I was, you know, giving up on the family side. Um, The, managing directors that I saw um, in my the organization I was with when I had my child were either divorced and they had to work, um, it, you know, there was no choice, um, or they were older, but they didn't have children. Mm-hmm. And even thinking back earlier um, to my time on Wall Street, I didn't see role models where the industry and society was in a place, and this was 30 years ago, so there you have it, was in a place where it really promoted that. I think, as with any group, seeing people who look like you Mm -hmm. in positions of leadership, representation matters. It does. It really honestly does because you can connect with them. Um, I think that to what you just shared on a personal level, I think for me on a personal level, I could have potentially even shared with them, uh, you know, different types of, of, of maybe, um, challenges I was facing because of the fact that I was a, a female healthcare leader. And, and again, you know, you are, 
sort of directing what you need to direct in the workplace. Um, you're executing and performing to your highest capabilities, but at the same time, you have to do that in the home space as well with your children. So I, I think it would have been nice to connect to someone and say, maybe on a one-to-one in a private meeting, you know, I'm actually struggling this week <laughs> because, <laughs> because, you know, you're asking me to, to actually give you this report and pull the data from the system. And, but I will be very honest with you, you know, I have X, Y, and Z going on at home with the kids. And so how can I maneuver this? Is there someone else that you think we can identify as a resource that can come in and sort of expedite this process for us? So that's just an example of maybe having that transparent conversation with that female role model, right? Um, and I and I think it, it just would have been really fascinating <laughs> to have had that. Uh, and then there's two other items that the World Economic Forum you know, listed in, in March of 2022, which was understanding more about what motivates women. So what does motivate us? You know, what are some of our own leadership uh, development plan? You know, our organizations investing in women's leadership development plan. What is our leadership mission, our leadership vision, the goals that go with that, and then some action items to make sure that we are thriving and successful in the workplace. So I, I think it's important to do that. And then the last piece is, recognizing the value that we bring to organizations and in supporting colleagues. That's huge. I think men, not to minimize them, obviously, they bring a lot to the table that women do not. But I also think that women have their own value proposition that we bring to organizations as well that often gets overlooked. And so it just becomes to a point where we can become very disenfranchised and we're not as motivated to follow our own leadership development plan and see that long-term sustainability with that organization. Yeah, we're, we're sort of close to time, but I'd, I'd like to circle back on role models. And role models also, we, we talked about not seeing enough female role models um, as we were coming up through our careers, but I think men can play very positive role models as well. And what do I mean by that? Um, I recall in one office I worked at, um, the men could not be nicer and they were supportive and they would call meetings to discuss a particular client that we were working on Mm -hmm. at six o'clock because their days were winding down and they could think about it. I had an hour commute home and a newborn. And Mm -hmm. it wasn't that they were trying to, it just didn't even cross their minds. And I think now that we also have more active men in the, you know, active men as fathers and partners, mm-hmm. there's that understanding, you know, whether it's softball or they're doing dinner or they're helping out. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping men can be the role models of well as well of not just for women, but for parents. Mm-hmm. It's actually beautiful to see how there's definitely more engagement in the home and workspace for for men. It's actually very beautiful to see. Um, I do have kids that are young, and so I am, you know, I do see that. I see a lot of dads doing the pickups from school and at the after school activities, whether it's baseball or soccer, gymnastics, they're there. Um, so it's absolutely beautiful to watch that continue to play out um, as as time progresses. And so I will share what really struck home for me was 
two things. One, again, having a growth partnership in the home space is really important to have clarity around what your needs are and how to communicate that with your partner and spouse and say, you know, it's looking like things are going to get a little bit busier for me. It's going to be challenging. And so, you know, I need you to be my backup or we need a backup. So having that growth partnership is huge. And then the second piece is, you know, I look forward to continuing to see more female role models. There's excellent male role models. Again, I have three that I'm still very well connected to, and they have been um, incredible individuals in terms of shaping who I am as a professional and would not really have it any other way, to be honest. But I look forward to seeing different industries continue to grow female role models so that, um, you know, they are also, you know, the face of the organization so that we can motivate other women to want to take similar pathways and be successful in their space. What stood out for you? All of it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) All of it. All of it. Um, You know, I would say, again, that that concept of the growth partner and keeping the dialogue open. And Mm -hmm. also for both men and women, uh, it's not possible in all professions all the time. But when you have the opportunity to pause, think about how certain actions or policies promote or work in the opposite direction mm-hmm. for working parents. Right. I love that. I really do. Well, that well concludes, mm-hmm. we're both, well, that concludes, that concludes this episode of Never Mind the Gap. As always, we will have links to the, to the articles and other resources uh, mentioned in this podcast in our show notes. And Carmen, why don't you take us out? Sure. Um, Again, this is our 14th episode for season one. We will hopefully be launching season two. We're very grateful for all of our listeners. It's been an incredible journey so far, and we have loved having these conversations with all of you. You can continue to follow us and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, um, Spotify, any podcast of your choice, we're on there. And if you do subscribe, you should get an alert letting you know that the next episode or the newest episode is out so that you can listen to us during your morning commute or during a break. Um, We also plug in our website and email contacts at the bottom of every show notes. So if you would like to connect with us and continue the conversations offline about any of the episodes we've had, or even something related to, um, you know, work opportunity, please let us know as well. We look forward to remaining connected with you all, and we hope you have a wonderful day. Be well.